Welcome to Commercial Property Podcast. My name is Helen Tarrant. I'm an author, I am an educator, and I am a specialist commercial property bias agent. Now, in this podcast, I'm going to be sharing with you specialist strategies and terminologies and live case studies on how you too can achieve financial freedom through commercial property. Now, if you are looking to buy your first commercial property, want to find out more information to see if commercial property is right for you, or you want to expand your portfolio to two or three commercial properties or even more, then this is the podcast for you. I will be sharing with you live case studies, the journey of my clients and students, and also how we're putting deals together. So relax, listen in and enjoy the process. So welcome to part two of this coronavirus special, taking advantage of investing opportunities during this upheaval. So we're looking at how investors are risking to buy bargain property at the moment uh, in this particular market. And when they're doing this, they're taking on unnecessary risk, possibly even silly risks. So join Helen Tarrant to learn what a calculated risk looks like in the current pandemic so that you can better be positioned to take up that once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that this market is creating for investors. So listen in to discover how one of the safest ways to bag an opportunity can be through specialist property sourcing and what a high standard and successful sourcing specialist will do for you. Hi, Namiki. Great to be back. Great to talk on current topics. Totally. Um, and in this current market, there's a lot of um, risk, uh, sorry, fear around the risk of investing and investing in <clears throat> real estate at the moment. I'm just wanting to talk a little bit sort of deeper into that. Um, and let's start with what unnecessary risks you might see a typical investor taking, especially if they're not educated or experienced in commercial property, what sort of things, what mistakes might they make um, that are risky? So what I am seeing is that at the moment, um, people are roaming around and looking for a bargain. So because they're roaming around looking for a bargain, sometimes when it comes, they want to jump into it without doing their full due diligence. And mm -hmm. um, and also people are taking silly risks rather than calculated risks. I think that you, I think definitely this is a time to take risk, but it's got to be a calculated risk. And we're not, and the difference is with risk is that a calculated risk is something that you already know. So Let's say you have a, um, you're looking at a property or you're looking investing in a property. Now, if you're investing for investing sake, which means that you think that you should get into a property because everyone else has, you think you've got into a property because um, you don't want to miss out or you just think it's a good idea because someone bought in this area and you've seen them make money in the last three years or five years. Um, that is not necessarily a, the best way to look at investing in a property. Um, so the the way the reason you would take a calculated risk would be you look at it and go, okay, I've got a, I've got this certain amount of money. I want to make this certain amount of income in the future. My goal is to have income because I want to retire. Or my goal is that I want to have a, I want to have a property that I can, that has good growth in the next three or five years and I can refinance against it to help me continue on with my journey. I'm quite happy to work because I'm young for the next three or five years. Um, what would what kind of property will suit me and then going out to make sure the property suits your criteria and if the property suits your criteria then you work out if this property is going to help you get your second property or it's going to stop you getting your second property and once you've made a decision that yes the property is going to help you move forward um, then the next step 
is go, okay, well, does the tenant stack up? Does the location stack up? Um, I'll verify all the costs and outgoings and the bank's going to lend to me. So now I can move forward. That's a calculated risk. I mean, there is risk in doing anything, any kind of investment, but at least that risk has many, many checkpoints rather than going into it because it just seemed like a great deal at the time. Yeah, okay, that totally makes sense. And um, it's so easy for, for investors to hear about the success of others anecdotally and then try to say, well, I'm going to do, I'm going to sort of follow their steps and, as you said, buy in that location or buy that type of property in that location without all of the goal setting, you know, does it match up with where they want to go? Does it match up with their risk profile as well? And how, how does that property look? So I think... Um, yeah, that, that would probably be one of the most unnecessary risks, would you say, that investors take? And that is just mimicking what someone else is doing without applying it, without applying the appropriate checkpoints for their needs and without actually doing enough due diligence. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, a lot of time people are, um, are blindsided. So they're basically uh, looking at, oh, the developer is guaranteeing eight percent return, or this has got um, this has got this type of tenant in there, even though they're on a short lease, that's fine. Or this has got uh, so they they they're caught by one specific thing, and and that's what they bought it on, rather than thinking it through and how that balances out. Because there are good tenants and evergreen tenants, lots and lots of those tenants out there. They don't particularly have to be a medical or a government, but they yeah. need to. Yeah, but they're, they're, you know, you know, like a, from in our experience, there is lots of little mums and dad operators who will still last outlast the, you know, the test of time. You know, like example, you know, the bike shop, the fish and chip shop, the pizza shop, all of those places still do. In fact, I actually want to tell a really interesting story about this time and about risk. Um, Please do. Because I think um, people think now if you're buying a retail shop, that it's or you're buying food or restaurant or cafe, that's not going to be a great um, a great tenant. Like it's not something I, – I admit that it's probably harder to get finance, but, you know, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're not a great tenant. Uh, firstly, if they were already a takeaway tenant, they would do really well during this. Secondly, um, if the property is actually located in, an, in a really good area, the location of that property will pull it through over – once we recover through this and COVID will pass, it's when you buy a property, you don't buy it to keep it for six months or 12 months. You keep it for six years or 12 years. So um, there are people out there who are actually specifically looking for retail or restaurant type properties that are in prime locations. And they know that, you know, there's a development of, you know, a thousand units that's going to come up. Um, they're playing the long game. Yeah. Um, the current tenant might be, might have two years my two years to run yet they they probably will you know just make it over that two years they might not take up an option but they know that in two to five years they're going to have an extra thousand units being developed they're in a key location um they can you know the property itself is versatile they can split that property up do a few things to it all of those things adds up to the fact that um that property will ultimately get growth and cash flow in the long term it's just not immediate not in six months. Um, they'll get some cash flow from the current tenant. They probably won't get much growth, but 
as the tenant finishes the lease, as they're able to split that property into two, as they are getting, you know, potentially another three or 5,000 people move into this area, they are going to be able to charge more for their premise. Um, the value of that property will push up purely because all the residential around there is going up and also their rents are going up as well. And back and in three years' time, the market will be back, will be, be in tight, much tighter yields. They, if you have that foresight, um, most people think that's a huge risk you're taking. It's actually not. It's actually mm. a very calculated risk. It's again about being able to play the long game rather than the short game. That's an excellent case study and <laughs> wonderful insights. Absolutely, yes. Thank you for that. Um, and and again, that really just comes with your experience and 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 wisdoms after, you know, all 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 of the time you've been on the road pounding the pavement um, and acquiring and helping others acquire commercial property. I um, I think that I wanted to. I just wanted to highlight exactly what you said in terms of having the longer-term gain because in the previous podcast we mentioned that, yes, COVID has upset everything um, for businesses, but, you know, over time it, it will recover. So finding the opportunities like the one you've just described gives you that longevity in your commercial asset, you know, the, the property that you're looking to invest in, uh, and that's key. Um I'm just wondering, in general, do you think and do you see that a lot of the um, steps people are taking towards their investing is due primarily to misinformation that's out there um, or a lack of education specifically, maybe in commercial property or a bit of both? I think um, a lot of people get into commercial property. Um, some the really... The investors who are professional investors get in there because they're looking at building a portfolio out. People who are dabbling in commercial property often get burnt because they can't tell um, difference of something that is good um, to something that is a um, to something that is potentially that's got some inherent risks. Mm. So the reason I say that is because um, I look at it and I go. Um, and I go, okay, they, they're looking at a property and they go, this property is really good because it's got a brand name tenant. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy this property at whatever the yield is, the market return of that property, rather than saying, well, I'm, I actually would prefer a tenant that's not so bright and shiny, but a tenant that might have um, a you know, might have been there for 10 years, might have put a, made this property their home. Um, they've got a really stable business. They've got a succession plan. Um, they're, they're like just a bit under the radar, so they're not big and bright and shiny. Mm. But ultimately, that type of tenant might actually give you more peace of mind than having a large tenant. Because one of the things that we've seen in COVID is that the smaller tenants are working with their landlords to achieve mm -hmm. an outcome that, that are both win-win. The bigger tenants are railroading their landlords and saying, hey, we don't want to be paying this rent. And therefore, even though our business may not have been affected, we're not going to pay this rent. They're dictating terms because they can. And so I think sometimes we get caught up with all this and we, we're just looking at um, the the sort of the shiny object and we miss all the things underneath that, yes, the lease will be much stricter. Um, your negotiations will be a lot harder with them. Um, so that's where... 
I think, um, where some people do make that mistake. And there's also a trend thing. Um, people now want to buy warehouses. So it's sort of like, let's dump retail and just buy warehouses. Um, you know, in the next batch, when retail picks itself up and we're going to start seeing some fantastic sales, all of a sudden people go, oh, let's buy retail. <laughs> um, so, so a lot of that, that's where I think people get misled. Um, and also I think that um, often, and this is not a, this is not agent bashing or, or anything, but often they take um, what an agent says um, without doing their own research. Um, they often take that and go, okay, well, he said this, he said that, this could possibly be this without doing you know, your, your own research. I mean, on the property, if you're going to, in the future, thinking of changing the tenants, you've got to check the zoning. Um, as much as the agents have looked in the past, it's been a consulting room in the past, it's done this and this, it doesn't mean that, you know, you're, your incoming tenants are allowed to do that, you know, speak Agreed. to the town planner. Yeah. Speak to the town Agreed. planner, talk to the council, mm. um, get your solicitors to check the lease to make sure what's there. Um, any of the permits, um, any of your mezzanine floors, you know, I think it's compliant. Well, check if it is and what, what you need to do to make sure it is. So these things. I think that's really huge, actually. Unfortunately, you know, one tries to have, you know, a, um, an honest relationship with you know, gathering that information, say from a real estate agent and quite, you know, quite often they, they're not as well informed themselves or they've not double checked any facts. And absolutely, um, it's very easy to be misled into thinking that everything they're stating is, is fact and checked and double checked when really, as you said, you need to go out there and uh, check all that information and not be misled. Mm. Well, yeah. either one. Yeah. 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 Agreed. So I suppose to sort of bring this together and, and finalise um, what we're looking at in terms of risk, it's, you know, again, having a good understanding of what, you know, what what's, what's the best way for me to phrase this, having a good understanding or starting, starting with getting some level of education and understanding what... Um, you know, how, how to avoid that unnecessary risk and start making more calculated decisions. Um, and I, I would like to pop in as well, um, you know, considering having some specialist sourcing um, and having a specialist on board to actually find you the property that meets all your criteria that's safe and sound. And if, if the listeners are happy to listen in to Helen's process, Helen, I really... If you don't mind, I just want to take some time aside to ask you about, you know, a little bit about what it is you do for clients one-on-one. So these are, because I've seen time and time, you know, you repeatedly are able to negotiate incredible um, pricing for your clients that you source property for. So you specifically specifically find out what their criteria and their goals are and you find them a property that meets all those needs and if they love it then it's a go-ahead but you're always negotiating these amazing deals for them that more than covers you know any any fees um, that might be used in the process to source a property can can we just find out a little bit more about you know the sourcing arm of your business and how you can help uh, investors who might be ready to take that step um so the um the sourcing process, um, it, it's really a journey rather than a, well, most people say, oh, it's it's just a, it's a fee. We actually come on, we come with you on a journey. Uh, it's very different to what other buyer's agents do. 
and people ask me about what do you do with your competition in the market and I don't see us having any competition in the market only because we are in this niche of sub 1.5 million dollars where we probably do a bulk of our deals between 500 to 1.5 and we're catering for first time mum and dads buying commercial property we understand that market we understand the mindset we understand this transition and and your blockages around that and we walk you through this journey because you don't know what you don't know and we understand we do a strategy session about what you want to achieve five years down the track seven years ten years down the track um, what you want to achieve in 12 or 24 months how much deposit you have where is all your structures where everything is uh, we get you to talk to our finance specialists who guides who will guide you in how the finance will work and then we create this strategy to say hey you need to hit this amount of cash flow or let's get a property that's going to give you this amount of growth in three years and then we go out and find a property that suits you so it's a reverse engineering process rather than giving you a list and say hey they all look good here's 10 pick one well how do you know that you're buying the right one for you Um, and uh, we can give you you know other agents also give you numerous and numerous around the reports I mean anybody can generate an RP data report you can just go in there as long as it's on RP data they type in the thing you generate a beautiful report anyone can do um, put it all you know take a lease and populate it onto a spreadsheet or then give you a pie graph or stuff like that those things that you know any assistant or virtual assistant can do but what they can't do is tell you what the area is like what your tenants like um, the history of it other people have bought in this area what's happened um, in in terms of what what happens in a worst case scenario if one of your tenants leave or how would you you know what's your backup plan these are the things that are not that piece of paper can't tell you and yeah. that's the kind of thing we give our tenants because well, I mean, not our tenants but our our clients because we have a team that will go in there and talk to the to the tenants um, and a lot of times we do pre-inspections before real inspections so if you're buying a hairdresser we'll you know one of our girls will go in there and have a haircut have a chat to the hairdresser sometimes if you're buying um, a cafe or if we might go there and and just go, okay, well, let's just have a cup of coffee or we'll sit across the road and just see how it goes. Uh, we might visit there on a weekend. We might visit there after hours. We might visit there in, early in the morning. We might do two or three of those visits just to see what the business is like. Your normal buyer's agent wouldn't do that. They're giving you a piece of paper. They're doing a pure paper analysis. We're doing a physical analysis um, because I believe part of commercial property is actually grunt work, down on the ground, feeling, touching, knowing the people. And that's one of one of the things that have meant that afterwards you get to know your property through this journey. Um, you get to see videos of what's happening. You get to be in touch with our teams when we assess everything. So you're learning, you're learning, you know what you're buying. And ultimately it's, it's a win for all because you get something what you want um, and you understand what commercial property is about. I love that. I've seen that process and I um it's it's such a personalized process for each and every person investing with you that um and, and I know your goals are to ultimately find something that not only meets their goals on paper and in their head and in their heart, but actually makes them, you know, are they going to sort of you often ask, you know, can you sleep at night with this deal going through? And I know your, you and your whole team are completely committed to seeing that through, which is 
um, very unique and hoping in this discussion that if anyone out there is listening saying, yeah, look, I really need someone to do this for me, Helen, you know, Helen's incredible ability to also negotiate on terms means that um, if you see a property that's at a certain price, it's highly likely, highly likely, no guarantees, but highly likely she'll be able to get you know, much better deal for you that more than covers the, your your sort of your investment in having a property sourced. Um, so, Helen, thank you. Sorry, yes, please. Anything, anything more we can we can learn from you would be good. I think um, ultimately, uh, in 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 terms of your your commercial journey, everyone's one. Just remember, everybody's one is is unique and individual. Mm-hmm. And what has to come out of it is that you have to ultimately resound with that property. If you come out and you go, oh, I don't resound with that property, um, then there is no, there's no point. Yeah, so if there isn't that personal connection because they're feeling completely comfortable with it or they're resonating for one reason or another because they particularly like office or they particularly like retail and you've managed to source one that meets their needs, yes, that that's also part of the equation that you use. Again, it's really quite unique. Um, All right. So thank you, Helen, for joining us on this podcast and taking that little bit of time to talk about your sourcing, um, the sourcing arm of the work you do for uh, property investors, especially commercial property investors, because we're not really sort of dug into that. Um, And in terms of risk for people to have a better understanding about, you know, more about the... um, calculated risks they can be taking especially um, at the moment with COVID but also moving down the track. Yeah absolutely and um, yeah always happy to talk about it always happy to help anyone look at what they're thinking in terms of what they want to achieve in commercial property and, and lay out a strategy for them. Fantastic and I know that there are options to reach out to you which are going to be in the show notes um, of the podcast and the links made available. So anyone uh, interested in taking this step further or getting better educated in commercial property especially, then make sure you jump along. Thanks again, Helen. Thank you. And you said, sorry, you were about to say something? Oh, no, I'm just saying it's simple. If they wanted to, they can always Google me and that they can find a lot of information. I know that people want to verify. A lot of people do want to verify if, you know, what they see, what you get, what you see. I think um, they can always Google and that will give them a lot of um, a lot of insights because there's reviews out there. There's there's a whole heap of other things about me. Yep. And look, anyone who loves to listen um, as a listener to podcasts, but even if you just um, want to dive into Helen's YouTube channel, she does case study tours and tours of properties that she's investigating um, week in, week out. And they're a really good source for learning um, and finding out more about behind the scenes of what Helen does do. Um, And you can always Google Helen Tarrant uh, or just go to helentarrant.com for a bit more information as well for now. Thanks again. See you next time. Great. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to Commercial Property Cashflow Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to this podcast so you do not miss any of my valuable tips and strategies. 
Now, if you're wanting more detailed education and training, I have a free webinar you can attend. Just click on the link in the show notes and it will take you there. And if you're ready to invest in commercial property with guided assistance and you want to talk to us, book into your free consultation. Find out more about it on helentarrant.com. I can't wait to share with you more of my tips and strategies in upcoming episodes. So really make sure you subscribe. This is Helen Tarrant signing off. See you on the next podcast.